The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for fans by fans right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me for the the film room, we're actually going to do film stuff today. Uh, my good friend, Mr. Brian Finch, who is sending me a barrage of sad faces, understandably so. Um, <sighs> Talk about it. Let it out, dude. Let it out. Seriously, that's what this show is for. Let it all out. It's an incredibly odd place to be when you know that your team just participated in one of the most memorable and fun games for the casual fan. For the non-Bills Chiefs fans, I'm sure you all had a blast. Or maybe you didn't, but either way, you can acknowledge it was a great game. That game made me so sick like i couldn't i didn't eat anything i couldn't even drink my beer i always am able to drink my beer i couldn't drink my beer i like my heart was racing the entire time like and then eventually it was like my heart was in my stomach it was just brutal um i come out of that game knowing 100 percent that my boy josh allen's different and we can we can battle a lot of teams and we can go a lot of places with him. But the mind quickly changes to do we have the right coaches to get us over that hump? Because that's kind of what it you kind of need that. That's my first thought. I mean, I know eventually we're going to attack this off season, right, for for the Bills and what they should do. And there's not a single position that comes to mind. I mean, uh, there are. Okay, there are. Offensive line can always use a little juice. Pass rushes is, is younger. You can use a little bit, you know, some of the guys can use a little bit more time to develop. But it's the coaching. That is the biggest worrisome thing. And Bills might be, it might pan out, it might not. But you're expected to lose at least one of your, uh, you know, coordinators this upcoming off season, But yeah. I, I get it. I, I, I get the frustration. Trust me, I've been emotionally there all year long. You know, when yes, when you're on the wrong end of the, the one of the greatest divisional playoff football games of all time. Um you know, three lead changes in the final two minutes, something crazy like that. And uh you know, it's it's not a fun feeling, especially when you know your team did supposedly everything right with player personnel, with trades, with free agency. Um, developing and grooming guys, it's um, yeah, it's I'm sure it's 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 not a good feeling because you know that this team is probably the best, probably the most one of the most complete teams that, that you know would be still going forward in this in this play in this in this this 2021 playoff push. So yeah, it's a team that will I'll always remember and 
because there's some old guys that I know aren't going to be around anymore. Like I'm pretty sure this, that was it for Jerry Hughes, which is sad because of what he's done for this team and the, the impact that he's always had. Um, you know, I, I think that this team is going to grow from this, but you're probably going to take a step back for a couple of years. Cause that's just what happens. It seems like a lot of times you just, you get beat up emotionally. I don't know. Maybe not though. It, it's, it's hard. Every single, I've, I've tried to think of the other quarterbacks specifically. How about like, you know, like thinking about Peyton and him not being able to get past Tom Brady, but then sometimes he did. Right. You know, and sometimes he did. So yeah, it, McDermott's, okay but he's totally in the doghouse right now that was actually what i almost wanted to like send over like to you to like break down i'm like can we just break down these these 13 seconds here and every wrong decision that was made by a defensive coaching staff member or uh special teams coordinator or whatever or and especially more deservedly than anyone else mcdermott as the head coach just i we could totally do that yeah we could totally do well, that if you want we won't look at it, but I'll just say this is this is what led the Bills down the path of losing. You can talk about punting the or kicking it out of the end zone, or you can uh, squib it, you know. But I lived through the Music City miracle, if that's what we're calling it. I call it, you know, touchdown throwback because it was not a or touchdown four lateral because it was not a backwards pass. To this day, I will not accept it. I'm so glad the Titans lost. By the way, that was a list. <laughs> That's a, some saving grace this weekend. Uh, Aaron Rodgers getting booted. Love that. Um, yeah, and like I said, just watching the Titans lose and go Joey B. Who day? Um, who that? I always get that. Don't who day? Saints or who, who that? Who day? I got it right. Okay. So I was indifferent about how to approach the kickoff. Where they mostly screwed up was after that. After they kicked off and they went into a prevent. And they were protecting the sidelines and giving up the middle of the field, which is absolutely 180 degrees backwards. That is the exact opposite of what you should do. The Chiefs had three timeouts. They didn't care about throwing it to get out of bounds. They had three timeouts. They were trying to get chunk plays as quick as possible. So what's the easiest way to, to move down the field is running a straight line. That's what they did. They just ran plays down straight down the field Kesley up the seam bam gone you know uh to tr- um heel because catching that l- little dump off and the field's wide open in the middle so i don't know what leslie frazier's involvement was on that or mcdermott's and who should take the blame mcdermott blames himself but i think it was the wrong call all day and in a way it's worth firing a coordinator over in my opinion. right which they probably won't. They'll probably wait for him to get a job opportunity. And if he doesn't, then they may go through with a firing. Um, that's yeah. kind of where, where my head's at. But, yeah. If I hit him on my ledger to interview Frazier this week, I'm canceling that interview. I mean, I don't need to talk to that guy. No. He, he, is, he hasn't learned anything. No. No, he's been a, he's been a, a crux, I guess, over the last couple of years. I'm uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly why he's uh, he's never been scapegoated. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what we got planned today? Of course, we're going to do some film study. It has been a couple weeks. It it's felt like forever. So a little, we may be a little rusty today. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, 
We're going to do a little film study. I uh, We have four plays picked out. I will be just, uh, covering something from the Bengals-Titans game offensively and a, uh, a nice look from the 49ers against the Packers uh, defensively. Brian has a uh, – is it you pick Bills or Chiefs for uh, I pick offense? Bills. You pick Bills offensively. Yeah. And, uh, and Rams and Bucks for defensive play. And we're also going to be covering two teams for our Losers Club, of course, uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts. This should be, this should be fun. Um, all right. So without further ado, let's get into our film study. All right. Let's just hop right into it. Like I said, first offensive play. Uh, I decided to go with Joey B. Love what Joey B. brings to the table. Big Joey B. fan. I would buy his jersey, but I don't want to curse him. At least not yet. Um, Joey B. was a true warrior. This this weekend, he has been all year, but this this weekend he overcame so much, and it's going to be a big big deal heading into this AFC Championship game. For those who don't know, um, or don't know the stats or whatever, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in that game, unofficially ten times. They were uh, they were bailed out by a delay of game call very early on. Um, but nine times Joe Burrow was sacked, and he still got the ball off when he did. Still kept cool, composed in the pocket as he as he possibly could, and made plays to put his team in winning positions. And that's what a good quarterback does. Um, as a guy who's a Colts fan and, and lived through the Andrew Luck era, Cincinnati protect your fucking quarterback. All right, Joe Burrow's awesome. Awesome. Another just another elite quarterback. I'm going to say it. He's an elite quarterback. Thrown to the mix of great young AFC quarterbacks right now in the National Football League. All right. Protect your quarterback. That's a big thing this this offseason. But he he made some spectacular plays. Um, but what the reason why, why I chose the play we're about to look at today is because obviously the offensive line is is a huge hindrance on what this team could be. I right. uh, did not really realize it until the end of this year when things started getting a little rough. And especially this Titans game, I could not believe how bad that this, this line could not protect Joe Burrow. So um, so I want to look at this because this is going to be something that the Bengals have to do if they want to keep in, keep in line and, and possibly take over uh, the game against Kansas City. I don't really see it happening. Um, I want it to, but I, I feel like these are the kind of things that they have to do. Sidebar, I'm really excited. Saturday, I will have an interview up for everybody. Um, there's a guy I know through, well, no, he used to work at my job before I was there. Everybody told me about him. His name is Joe Goodberry. Um, he's out of Niagara Falls, and he actually writes for the Bengals. And really, really great dude. He agreed to come on the show. We're excited to interview him. We'll have that episode up for you on Saturday. So, um, all right, let's take a look at our first play. Taking a look at the Bengals and the Titans, as I said. Cincinnati up three to nothing at a second and nine. Five minutes, eighteen seconds left in the first quarter. Bengals are on the third their own thirteen yard line. Uh backed per, up pretty yeah, it's it's they got a lot of work to do. Let's just say that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take a watch of this play, and then we'll uh, we'll start to break it down. So two minutes, twelve seconds. Las Vegas, second down and nine. 
Burrow, toss it underneath, good hands, Chase, catch and run, he's got ridiculous speed, Jamar Chase, brought down from behind, inside the 30, Zach Cunningham. Alright, the screen game, the short pass game, that's the, the quick pass game, that's what the that's what the Bengals are going to have to do to pull this one off against KC this week. They've beat them before. Let's not forget about that. We know that. We also know that beating a team prior um, has no indication sometimes, unless you're the Colts playing Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Um, uh, has no indication of, of how the next game is going to go. So what I love about this, again, it's a short pass that's thrown to the right guy. It's not just thrown to any guy, all right? And Bengals are here on a spread offense. They have Joe Mixon out there. They have C.J. Uzoma. Uh, they have Tyler Boyd. They have T. Higgins, and they have Jamar Chase. You all know that Jamar Chase is legend. He's he's paving a really, um, a, a really really good start to his career. Um, Joe Burrow threw it to the right guy. All right, and here's what we got. So we have 11 personnel, as I said. Joe Mixon is out there. Joe Mixon, for our video watchers, he is on the bottom of the screen. All right, he is wide. He's wide to the right. Uh, and CJ Zuma, who is our other. So 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, and our three wide receivers. Joe Burrow has his best weapons to use a lot, utilize out there. There's no second string pieces. It's all his A weapons. All right, they're in a shotgun spread offense. All right, for the defense, I couldn't. It was hard a little to to, to kind of really see what Tennessee was doing. I mean, I can see what they're doing. It looks to me like a forty-six defense stack in the box. Uh, they have cover zero out there with four cornerbacks, uh, kind of out there. There's no deep man, so the best way to attack this. Which is something we've kind of cover zero is very difficult um, to, to kind of predict, kind of work around. But the best kind of way to attack it is exactly how Joe Burrow and company do. All right, a little dump pass underneath, or do you attack the over because there's no deep man. All right, and I think they utilized uh, they utilized strategy pretty perfectly here. So let's uh, let's start to slowly break this thing down. All right, so as we said, we got three guys on the right hand side: Yuzuma, uh, Higgins, and Joe Mixon. No, is it? I think my, no. Excuse me, it's Boyd. I think Higgins is up at the top. I could be mistaken. Um, and then you had Jamar Chase at the very top of the screen. And uh, let's start to go here. All right, so the ball is hiked, and he is instantaneously looking for Jamar Chase. All right, this defense again, forty-six defense. It is cover zero, and it is zone coverage. Um, Joe Burrow went after the guy who's got one guy, one defender in his area. All right, and that was the smart thing about this. You could have, yeah, you know, you can hit the, the which we, I, you know, I say often how much I like the bunch formations, like the trips formations, I like group f- f- settings. But there's three defenders here. Joe Burrow made an excellent play to get Jamar Chase and one-on-one coverage, one-on-one zone coverage at that. And we all know how dangerous Jamar Chase is in open space. All right, we've all seen it. All right, he hits him. Boom, behind the line of scrimmage. And he takes off. 
giving them so much space. I think they might have only gotten a field goal out of this drive, maybe. But yeah, that sounds right. I, I'm pretty sure that they did. But um, regardless, I mean, look at that. They're they're backed up. I should probably get on the right play. Uh, you know, they're backed up technically in their own red zone, and they end up almost in the opponent's red zone. But I want to I want for our, for our video watchers and of course our audio listeners to to kind of take note of this. I want you to keep an eye, and of course, if you guys want to watch this, um, our audio listeners, Bengals versus Titans divisional round highlights, uh, two minutes twelve seconds into the video. There's a nice little stutter step by Jamar Chase here that gives him the extra space he needs to turn up field. All right, so bam, the ball is hiked, bam. All right, for our video our video watchers. Jamar Chase comes up to the line of scrimmage. Our defender backs off. Jamar Chase backs up. Joe Burrow hits him. Space. Space to go. Unbelievable. That's really good route running right there, in my personal opinion. Really good route running. All right, why the Titans would... Yeah, and I get it. It's their scheme. It's it is what it is. They're in zone coverage, so it's kind of okay. Um, you're stacking the box. I don't know why. <laughs> I have no idea why you're stacking the box when there's no running back. Uh, maybe it's just to creep pressure or whatever. But um, I, I just feel like this formation is a very uh, not the best idea to go. Psychologically, I just don't get it. Scheme. Scheme wise, I just I don't understand what they're going for here, but they left a little space. I mean, maybe some kind of prevent. You're protecting the the first down line, possibly. That's that's kind of what all I can really muster though. But yeah, so here it is. All right, the our cornerbacks are got their eyes on the our def- our offensive pieces down here. Jamar Chase steps up, backs up. Looks like uh, the old tire drill, running through tires, running in, running mm-hmm. out, running in, running out. And um, like it's really good footwork. He sells it. Defender backs up, and uh, Jamar Chase catches it behind the line of scrimmage, and he just goes. And we know how quick he is. Honestly, the only reason why he got, you know, his, his Tyler Boyd kind of got in his way a little bit, but that was on the sake of of blocking. So, yeah. yeah. So that's that. That was one I I really liked. And again, Case or Cincinnati's going to have to do this against KC because uh, I don't know what the heck happened. But uh, Casey's got a little bit better of a pass rush than I, I remember. A little bit better. And not nearly as good as Tennessee. But I feel yeah. like you're going to have to, if you're going to have to open up for the things for the deep ball with, with, with Jamar and, and T. Higgins and, boy, all those guys, you're going to have to work this short, this short pass game. I'm really glad you made, uh, picked this play because this is a play that in real time, my wife and I are watching it and I say to the TV, I was like, there's no one over top. There's no safety over top. Like you got one-on-one with chase. Like just, just take a, take a three step slant, like take, go three yards and then quack, quick hitter slant dudes off to the races. And then, you know, they throw the screen, which is basically doing the, the it's the same idea. I want to get the ball to this dude as quickly as possible in space. One-on-one he's going to make the play. I thought that when Burrow threw the pass kind of low like that, I thought that that Fulton would have been able to adjust and, and make the tackle. 
that and in real time and I was like, no, that's a bad pass. And then I was like, oh, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows no. what it would what have looked like if it was on the money? That that's a good yeah. point too. It it was a low pass. It wasn't necessarily the best best kind of pass that we've seen Joe Burrow throw, but uh, but man, if that thing's on the money, who knows how far he could have turned up? Yeah. I want. I would love to know um, between Joe Burrow and the offensive coordinator. Obviously, they're never going to tell us. But if this was a uh, a check with me play, or if this was a design call, so like, did they go to the line? Because we don't get the. I don't, and I don't remember in real time, but watching it live, but we don't get to see whether or not Burrow makes any sort of call at the line of you know kill kill or. You know, even sometimes they literally just say we're good, basically just saying like we're going to run the play that we came out with, like we're not going to change anything. Right. So he doesn't. He doesn't. Cha- it doesn't seem like he changed anything, and I think it was a design call. Which kudos to that coordinator because you you had to do something, you had to adjust it. It seemed like that press rush is already teeing off, and you didn't want it to get out of hand, and that's a good way to make sure a defense you know keeps themselves in check. Because you got some legit dudes on the outside, and Burrow's got an arm to put it anywhere on the field. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think the nice thing, you know, also about this is like, I mean, I, I, the defense kind of makes sense now, right? Because we know how bad the offensive line. I know it's it's only ten minutes into this game, not even, but they know how bad this offensive line is. I think Burrow's been sacked at least twice at this point. Uh, but Burrow's really good at just picking up on that, like picking up on the blitz and, and just being able to get that ball off um, as he did. This is the this is the Joe Cool moniker that he's he's coming to earn. And I know that's a that's a nickname for Joe Montana and Andrew's probably triggered right now hearing that, but um but I mean this is cool. you got seven guys ready to come at you and you know what your offensive line is like. And you're just like, okay, looks at your first read. Doesn't even look at, like, that's the nice thing, too. He doesn't look at, at the right side where he has multiple weapons to choose from. Um, he looks at the left side, right to Jamar Chase, because he knows that's what's going on. And uh, it's, you know, it, I doubt it was designed to go to turn up for as many yards as it did. It was probably more sort of get some breathing room, get a little bit closer to the first down, and then send Mixon for, you know, send Mixon to get that, get a first down. But... Yeah, I was very, very uh, impressed with. Uh, uh, I, I like this. I think this is one of my favorite plays watching this game. There, there were so many, but this is the most I think scientific one that I could find that I really wanted to break down. So, so yeah. So there is that. There is Joe Burrow against the Titans defense, punching the uh, second. Well, won the second win, uh, playoff win for the Bengals in a very, very long time. And, uh, of course, their first AFC Championship game appearance since 1988. Against who? The Bills. Yeah. Yeah. The Bills. So, all right. Next up, uh, Brian has choice. We're looking at Bills and Chiefs. Uh, This is the Bills versus Chiefs divisional round highlights video uh, from the NFL um, YouTube channel. All right, 12 minutes, 54 seconds in. We're in the final two minutes of the game. Four, well, final minutes of regulation. Fourth and 13. Uh, Bill's got to go for it. Bill's got to yep. go for it. All right, why'd you pick this play? What are we looking at? 
I had to pick this play because lost in all of this, lost in the quarterbacks going bonkers and having a a ridiculous matchup between the two quarterbacks, which obviously it was. Uh, Gabriel Davis broke an NFL record for having four touchdowns in a playoff game. And he is one of those guys that when you talk to Bills fans, they've been clamoring all year of give him more touches, give him more looks. He's earned it. He's reliable. He's the man. And he finally got his chance on a big stage and dude did not disappoint. And it's the route running here uh, that really sets it apart. It's, it's a, it's a great job by him uh, creating phenomenal second level separation. So that's why. All right. Very good. Now this was uh this is I mean this was an awesome awesome moment. Um let's take a look. Let's take a look at what we got here. You got to chip on the edge with Ingram, have him come up on the inside some of these guys. Allen fires it. It's a wide open. Remarkable touchdown Buffalo Davis again. This is uh, it just is impossible a strike. I completely forgot what time that was. 1250? 12, 1252, 53, something like that. Yeah, 1252. Okay. All right, so the instant thing that I notice watching this is Josh is looking everywhere. All right, I know this is a big Gabriel Davis moment, but Josh is looking everywhere. He is um, making all sorts of reads, which is a good thing. And he just he picks up on this this moment and just hits Gabe. It's 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 pretty cool. It took it took my breath away. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> holy Christ, that was impressive. I just realized that they don't give you the second look at this. No, they don't. They should. They go right to they the should. conversion, I think. Yeah. That stinks. Oh well. Um so the Gabriel Davis route running that we don't get to see, um, hopefully you saw it live and picked up on it. He hits him with a double move when he's already 15 yards down the field, and he puts his cornerback on his butt, and that's why he's so wide open in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he jukes the crap out of him. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's very quick. It's very quick, but you gotta, you, you really got it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, if you're on Twitter or whatever, you can find a, a better um, clip of someone showing off some route running uh, foot skills here because he, he really did hit him with the stutter. Um, it was beautiful, and down he goes. The other thing that I wanted to bring up on the, the conversion on this is obviously it's another fourth down conversion, which is so key to keep this team in the game and keep battling with KC. Um, the play before this was so horrendous, a, a ter- terrible uh, screen call that the Bills are terrible at running screens and they threw a screen to Singletary and they lost six yards on it and I thought it was over at that moment I think he even said out loud that the game's over but um it's because of a uh, piss missile here from Josh Allen and just somebody playing out of their minds in Gabe Davis that you know put the Bills on top one more time and I thought we won it, and then we didn't, and then I thought we won it again, and we didn't. Anyways, I'm not even here, guys. I don't even know where I am right now. 
I, 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 I almost wanted to do a Patrick Mahomes highlight over a Josh Allen highlight just for this, that I don't have the, Oh, remember how great this felt? <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So the defense, um, I'm, I'm going to try and pick out something that I think that the chiefs did so poorly is they never brought any pressure from the outside. And if you're going to blitz Josh, which you can do it more successfully against him than you can some other quarterbacks, not never do it to Patrick Mahomes because he will kill you. But, uh, quarterback pressure, um, blitz late delayed blitzes, you know, a la, if you remember the Charles Woodson play, uh, that we did oh so long ago in our film breakdown, uh, something like that. Yeah. Some, uh, something like that is, is what I thought at some point they would have brought up something to just change up schematically what they were doing. But they were just bringing four, rushing four, sitting back in their base nickel, you know, the four two five, and they're just going to play zone and try and keep everyone in front of them, which is what you do in zone. You just try and keep everybody in front of you, uh, especially fourth and 13. It makes a lot of sense that you would trust getting home, but you hadn't been getting home that much. And a great pocket from the bills here for Josh to just step up and deliver a strike. And my heart still hurts. I know. I know. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, forgive me. Do we do the, do we do the personnel yet? Oh, personnel wise. No, we didn't. My bad. (laughs) I'm all, I'm all caught up in my feels here. All good. Uh, so Bills are in the 11 personnel that they love so much shotgun. They're going with the uh, mini spread formation. So um, I'm sure there's a better technical term if I were to go into the playbook and look it up. But I'm not going to right now. Um, you got um, Gabriel Davis lined up um, off the line of scrimmage at the top of your screen. And then uh, you got Cole Beasley lined up uh, in front of him. Uh, the bottom of your screen, you have Dawson Knox lined up uh, at the end of the line, standing up, and then you have um, Diggs lined up outside of him and Singletary back in next to Josh Allen. And then what they're doing here is they are using the zombie concepts of clearing space, and that's what gets Gabriel Davis one-on-one with the cornerback with nobody over top because the other the underneath linebackers are occupied and the safety is occupied as well. All righty. There we go. All right, so let's uh let's start to watch this thing Brian of course let me know when to stop. Yep. All right, we're on it, right? Okay, cool. Okay, stop. Huge pump fake. Out to the flat. Now, I don't know if that should work as effectively as I think it probably did because it's fourth and 13. Uh, a check down at you know the three three yards beyond the line of scrimmage is probably not going to get it done on fourth and 13. Uh, so you've got two guys just occupying the underneath here with Knox and Singletary, and you already have Josh Allen deciding that Oh, Gabe Davis just put a dude on his butt. I have a wide open receiver. 
And look at that stance right there. Look at look at how wide open his hips are, oh, no. how far his feet are, and it's not even going to matter. <laughs> I it it's I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of space. It's probably one of the best blocking jobs. We'll call it a B job that the uh, the offensive line gave Josh Allen all year. Yep. But uh, but yeah, you know I think the pump fake works the advantage because it does clear some space a little bit. So if Knox does want to go out. Or if Singletary does want to go out, there's a there's a legit chance of getting the first down. But again, yeah. the coverage just breaks up, and Josh Allen, you have to take that. Oh yeah, if you're Josh Allen, and you don't take that wide open Gabriel Davis. Shame on you. Yep. Yeah, he, I think this is a play um, when he was younger that he may not um, hit as successfully because he probably stares down guys and he and he doesn't use the whole field. Right. Absolutely. So there it is. Yeah, this guy right here. For, I know our audio watchers or listeners can't see, but there's uh, there's a cornerback around the five four yard line. He's mm-hmm. actually the one who, who busts coverage. He trips. He trips because of Gabriel Davis's superior route running, um, and he just slipped in general. He just slipped in general. He he fell down, and that's why Gabe is is wide as wide open as he is right here. And it's awesome. Cole Beasley's over here. I think that's him. Yep. Celebrating, he's pumped up. It's just—it's a really neat moment. Yeah. Um, that pump fake probably w- did go to Diggs too. I—I I don't know why I didn't think of that, but yeah, that pump fake was totally a sell to your number one wide receiver, who is lined up all by himself at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. No, without a doubt, you can see like that this. You- this thing's huge. Watch this pump fake. This is silly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, and yeah, it because it, this guy's running over this way, he's panicked. These guys are there's still a couple defenders here on this right hand side that committed to mm-hmm. it, just leaving all the more room for Davis to kind of make things happen. And it, nope. that's one of the easiest touchdowns I've ever seen. I know, right? Easiest fourth down, touch, fourth and long touchdowns I've ever seen. Yeah, it's so funny. Davis is so used to scoring his touchdowns where he has to make like toe taps and stuff like that, that here he is in the middle of the end zone and he's still like is tapping his toes as he's falling backwards. I know he almost, he almost jumped out of bounds. It looked like it was, (laughs) it was very intense. (laughs) So yeah. Leg making reads, making reads, making reads. This, this very easily could be that, that could be chases coming weekend. You know what I mean? Absolutely. This play, this play could happen all over again, or you know, or even T. Higgins. You know, these these guys, these wide receivers that are going to trot out against Kansas City this next weekend is, believe it or not, as as hard it is for as a Bills fan to admit it. Yeah, the much better, much better receiving core. Uh, well, yeah, it depends on uh, depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask, but. You know, it's it's definitely something that I'm sure the Bengals are going to be uh, studying profusely mm-hmm. this uh, this upcoming oh, week. Chiefs secondary is trash, guys. <laughs> yeah, especially, especially without Tyron Matthew. Right. That definitely kicked, didn't kicked by his own guy. And then he got hurt for a minute. He did. Yeah, he was out for a little bit. He had like a knee injury. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crazy. All right. Our next right. play. Did we find some defense this weekend? Did anyone play defense this weekend? Any from that game. Not from that Not game. From that. <laughs> every, I think every other game except that game, there was defense. Uh, we are looking at, for my defensive play, the San Francisco 49ers uh, and the Green Bay Packers. This is one of the earlier turnovers in the game. 
that we're looking at here. Of course, there was there was a lot of game to be played, and we listen. We San Francisco's defense was defense and special teams were the big winners here for the uh, for the Forty ers There's no doubt about it. But what we're looking at here, it's a minute and thirty three seconds into the Forty ers versus Packers divisional round highlights on YouTube. Uh, Packers are up seven nothing. All right, first and ten on. Uh, looks like at San. It's between San Fran's forty-eight and forty-seven. We'll call it the forty-seven. All right. Uh, so they're pretty. They're they're marching downfield. Pretty good situation. Uh, let's take a look at the play first, and then we'll start to break it down. To win thirty-nine games over his first three years. Rogers, Lewis, balls out. That's a fumble. San Francisco's football. All right. So the reason why I chose this play, I've seen plays like this happen dozens and dozens and dozens of times. All right, these little bootleg is even really a bootleg. I should probably watch it again. It you know these little dump passes were or yeah it is a bootleg where you know the quarterback sees that a defender blitzes in and then he takes advantage of it and hits tight you know hits somebody for for yardage plus yardage what i loved about this play is that san francisco had somebody waiting behind the blitzer all right and, and that's uh that's why i chose this one i'm like wow that's like nobody does that usually if somebody blitzes if a defender blitzes that that guy who's getting targeted has at least 5 to 10 yard easy gain and there's nobody there's like nobody around him I see it happen all of the time. Colts defenses, watching this year, I've seen that happen all of the time. A guy blitzes in and nails the quarterback and gives up 5 to 10-plus yards, and it's it's exhausting. This is a really good defensive look here by the 49ers. So our schematics, our personnel, all that fun stuff. Green Bay is in single back, 12 personnel, uh, ace pair. So... What we got here is there are two tight ends on the left-hand side of the field. All right, uh, two tight ends, of course, and on the left side that becomes that makes it your strong side. That almost indicates if you're a defense that hey, they're probably going to try and run it to the left side, or they're going to do something to the left side. They're calling for extra protection. You don't throw extra. You don't throw blockers in there uh, on, on a you know extra side, extra blockers on a certain side of the field and not utilize it somehow. And uh, and San Fran, you know, I think they they, they picked up on that pretty pretty well. Uh, San Francisco was in a base four three, cover one, uh, man coverage defense. All right, so we got a one man deep here, but everybody else is pretty rel- relatively close to the line. So uh, let's start to break this thing down. All right, so the ball is hiked. All right, San Francisco trying to get some uh, get in here, and Aaron Rodgers is going to fake the handoff to I think that's Jones. I could be mistaken. I think that's twenty six. No, Jones is thirty something, right? I can't remember. Anyways, uh, handing off to fake handoff to the running back, and San Fran's defense, the defensive line, and some of these backers actually commit to that. Um, however, some of the cornerbacks. And such they don't. They don't. They catch the bootleg and Rogers bootleg. And this is great awareness here. I gotta find his number. 
Let's see. 54. Great awareness by 54 to see that his that number 56 up here went in for the blitz. And Rodgers being as smart of a quarterback that he is, one of the most cerebral quarterbacks of all time, he, he sees that, he hits Mercedes Lewis for a, a nice little dump pass uh, to turn it up. All right, 54 sees that, and he's ready. He's right there. By the time Lewis turns around to go upfield, he's already getting hit. And when he's getting hit, the ball gets punched out. And it's it's a very, very important turnover here. This is the kind of stuff that, that why San Francisco won. These great defensive schemes, knowing what Rodgers' tendencies are. You know, these little, you know, that that's that's a that's a classic quarterback throw, right? You know, just just dump it off, wait for a guy to blitz, dump it off to the nearest somebody near him, and go up, get a first down, check down stuff essentially. Screen, I, I don't know, it was a screen or whatever, but uh, but that sort of stuff. And but San Francisco was just well prepared for it, well aware of it. If fifty four does not pick up on that, Mercedes Lewis has got a first down. It might, yeah. That's- no, yeah, it's absolutely possible. Yeah, or at least he's got some big yardage, and, and of course, Green Bay still has the ball uh, for another opportunity. Fifty-four picked up on it well. Seen the blitzing guy. Okay, yep. I better go over that area. Good awareness. He read. He read Aaron Rodgers' eyes. He read. You know where the head goes, the body follows. That sort of mentality, and he was there to make a big play. And Forty ers you know, recovered a fumble for it. Mm-hmm. Greenlaw. So, all right. Let's take another look at it. I believe I said 133. All right. Yep. Extra lineman. Hike. Bootleg. San Francisco bites on the uh, on the fake handoff. They're going to the uh, right side of the Green Bay Packers offensive line. Aaron Rodgers out. This guy is setting that. I mean, maybe this. Uh, he's he's ready. He's ready to. He was very well prepared for it. He blew past Mercedes Lewis, and uh, he's turning up the he's turning off the up the burners to try and get to Rogers. All right, but yeah, there's probably a five yard gain at least. But uh, yeah, fifty four recognizes it, reads it, tackles him, punches it out, and uh, 49ers get a crucial crucial turnover that helps you know. Uh, I mean, obviously helps them. Win the game at least, right? No points on this drive for Green Bay. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big deal. Right. And Green Bay's offense was was not too shabby at this point in the game either. Right. It, it really slowed them down, slowed down momentum. Yeah, they they had Aaron Jones rolling at this time. He was he was running the ball, catching the ball. He was a huge weapon for them. Uh, man, I am so old. How how old are you, man? I'm so old that I was at a Bills Jaguars game back when Mercedes Lewis was playing with David Garrard. Oh Jesus! And they they threw a game winning touchdown in the back of the end zone, right in front of me in the rock pile, to beat our, my Bills ugh, in the last second. And I couldn't believe it. And Mercedes Lewis is still in the game. It's crazy. He's, he's still playing for a long time. A long. It, it's because he's 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 quality. He's like, you know, if you have him as your number two, you're like, yep, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, you're comfortable with that. So yeah. 
so yeah, so that's my defensive play for uh, for this week. We're at the, our final defensive play. Brian, what are we looking at here with Rams and the Bucks? Well, besides uh, my bills, uh, my household has adopted the Rams as our other team. And it's not just my wife who has a love affair with Matt Stafford. And, I mean, who can blame her? Let's all be honest. That dude, that guy's a dreamboat. But... Um, <laughs> My daughter loves the color yellow and, you know, these the Rams uniforms are like just a perfect combination of the blue and yellow. It's a, just pops so well off the screen. You know, who doesn't love Aaron Donald? Uh, there's a lot of me that wanted to break down some Aaron Donald today. Uh, we went with a different play. Uh, it's the Von Miller strip sack of Brady. All right. Let's uh, take a gander at this play, and then we'll start to break it down. Now Brady starts from the 30-yard line. Look out from behind. Ball is out. Strip sack there by Von Miller, and the Rams have it. And what a difference Von Miller has made to this football team. Beast. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. What time? I forgot what time that one started at. That's definitely not it. Oh, there we go. 1351. All right. Let's look at the personnel. Well, if you watch this game um, and you followed the lead up to it and then even in game, you know that they had huge issues on the right side of the offensive line. Uh, they were without. All pro Tristan Wirth, uh, the second year player uh, who was normally their right tackle. And then their backup for Tristan Wirth got hurt. He eventually came back in the game, but I think maybe at this point he was out. Either way, uh, the Rams are being real kind of dicks, to put it. Uh, I mean, it's beautiful because it's football and, you know, no F's given. Like, go, go for the W. So. Uh, they kept putting Aaron Donald on the left side on playing defensive end instead of playing his true uh, three-tech position, and I, I thought it was hilarious because it's just like, oh, you're, you're, you're down another lineman on your right Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's put our all-pro defensive player of the year uh, candidate uh, <laughs> out there to just trounce you guys. Uh, so the Bucks do everything they can here to try and mitigate the pass rush. So that's let's look at the personnel to try and help that out. They're coming with a ridiculous 20, 31, 31 personnel. Am, am I saying this right? <laughs> They've had three tight ends, man. What, what's no, it'd be that? 13. It'd be, uh, 13. 13. 13 personnel. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't even know what to, where to put it anymore. I've never, we've never used a three before. That. Was, no, that's a new. That's a new one. No, we haven't. Yeah, we got Brait, we got Gronk, mm-hmm. uh, and we got is it Howard too? Uh, uh, it's number eighty for them. I forget what his name is. I, don't I think it's Howard. OJ Howard. I don't know if it's him or not. That dude fell off a cliff. Yeah, he did. Uh, so this is what this is uh, saying to the Rams is because uh, it's first down is probably going to be a run no, or just Howard. some. It is Howard. I'm, is it? Okay, good. Uh, some sort of quick uh, setup flat pass to the running back, or um, I think the only wide receiver out there is 
That's is that that Scotty kid? Uh, I see Mike Evans at the top. I th- is that who it is? Okay, uh, I can't. It looks like a thirteen. Yeah, it's either him or or Scotty Miller. Actually, oh, hold on. That's that's Mike Evans. Yeah, that's Mike. Evans. Okay, so it's not that Scotty Miller kid. He's awesome, by the way. Okay. Uh, Great kid. Yeah. Uh, and then the Rams are going to come at them, bring pressure here, so they're going to match with their uh, own version of a nickel. Uh, they're they're running with five guys down, and they got two linebackers um, set back, and then they're going to play man-to-man across the board because why would you run zone when you know that you're probably going to have to engage in a run or you're going to have to deal with some sort of play action. So you're totally fine with going man-to-man with the uh, tight ends here. All right. So let's uh, let's start to play it. And uh, you know the deal, Brian. Let me know when to stop. Yep. Now Brady starts from the... What's up? Okay. To this point in the game, I'm pretty confident saying this because I did watch this game pretty intently uh the left side had held up they had moved they had moved von miller and um uh who's 54 uh his name is escaping me right now uh he's a pretty good pass rusher linebacker too is but that, they were uh, kinda... floyd, floyd little yeah leonard, leonard floyd yeah that's him. i think so, so they've been they had been moving them back and forth from left side to right side and alternating with each other most of the game this is the first rep that I think that Von Miller actually got a true win at the uh, right end position going against the Buccaneers left tackle. And that's why I think Brady looks right now like he's so comfortable and not worried about it because he's he's been feeling that heat from the right side the whole time or he's been feeling Aaron Donald cr- coming in down the middle. But he's felt pretty good about what's been happening on the left side of the field. So he doesn't even he doesn't have the ball in a protected position right now. Brady, uh, compared to uh, not to get into too much about how you hold the ball, but Brady does tend to hold the ball a little lower than other guys. You remember Peyton would always have the ball way up by his ear hole. Oh yeah, and then, you know, um, you got like uh, Russell Wilson kind of holds it up by his chin. You know, when he'll catch it and he'll hold it up here. Brady's always been real comfortable with having it anywhere like mid-chest or like just above his stomach. And that's just the way he's always rolled. It's not good for uh, ball protection here. And that's why this ball's so vulnerable. It's also because Brady doesn't feel it at all. It's a, it's a completely clean bra- um, pass rush by Von Miller. And it's a, it's a great job of bending around that edge. And uh, Brady's deep drop here on the play action um, get, gets him too deep. And if if they had not run the uh, the action, I think they would have been okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. Actually, you're probably it, right. It's too it's deep. Sick of too deep. The line of scrimmage is at what the thirty. Yeah, yeah. it's first and ten at the thirty, and he's all the way dropped back. His right foot, um, his throw is his throw that he kind of pivots off of a center, his back foot. Right. Um, twenty. They're on the twenty-one yard line. That's a very uncar. It's yeah. That's not good. He almost yeah. He set himself right up for it. Um, in a sense, that's a very good observation. He he, uh, he really did. Oh damn. Yeah. 
So at, at the time of when I think so this what this is this is hitting the back foot right this is the deepest that his drop back takes him he is getting ready to step up into his throw you you have Cameron Bray starting to break open a little bit you do have Leonard Fournette about to break open from the from the pack uh, but this ball is going down the field of Mike Evans that's where Brady wants to put this that's why they lined up the way they did it's why they went with pass protection over having more players out into the route. Uh, it's it's the, the reason that they, they showed the personnel they did was to try and get a one-on-one, I think, with Mike Evans. And it had worked earlier in the game. So, you know, the, I think the only other touchdown that the Bucks had at this point the, um, to make it 13 for them was the deep pass to Mike Evans. And it was a one-on-one where he beat Jalen Ramsey. And I think they're trying to do the same thing here. So not a lot that Brady could do here other than forego maybe the action or just, I don't know. It, it, and I really, you know what? I can't blame Brady on this one. It's not his fault. It's a great play by Von Miller, a, a poor rep by that tackle for sure. And um, maybe just poor uh, play selection for the time. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this this might be. I know that Von Miller is still relatively new with the Rams, but I mean, this is one of his biggest plays, biggest moments. Yeah, uh, since yeah. joining the team, and, absolutely did. You know, this is this is clutch. I think I think the Rams ended up giving it back like right after this. Uh, there was some a whole lot of flip flopping. Oh yeah, was that the uh, Cooper Cup fumble right after was this? It might have been, or the the botch snap. Oh, okay. It's the uh, st- yeah, the Stafford botch snap. Yeah, well, the, not even Stafford's fault. Yeah, the center threw it way the hell over his head. But um, but all right. So yeah, let's watch the rest of this play. And there's the punch out. And there's the punch out right there. Good tackle. Good good yeah. awareness. I, yeah. You know, it's good to see Von Miller still doing things. He's kind of just floating around in obscurity with Denver. Like it's crazy how f- much has changed. And yeah, just a little, little, little reach around, and he got it, forced it. Oh yeah, this is it. Yep, <laughs> yep. There it goes. There it is. Right after that, Stafford was not ready for it. But all right, very, very good, ladies and gentlemen. Our episode is not done yet. We got the Losers Club still to go. We'll talk about Miami and the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Let's start off with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. All right. Looking for a new head coach. Of course, uh, still, I think you and I are in the same boat. We don't agree with the uh, with the canning of one Brian Flores. Yep. I don't know how you reset with the way everything was kind of going. <laughs> everything, you know, with the way everything has, has, has gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it seemed like they had established a foundation of who they wanted to be as a team. They, they they wanted to be a defensive first team like so many Patriot teams have been, where it's a, it's a good, strong defense based in sound fundamentals and schematics where they can match up with just about any team and just about any kind of offense, maybe minus the unicorn that is Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But uh they were they seem like they were on the same page until you hear now that you know 
coordinators struggled to get along, like assistants and coordinators didn't get along with them. And there was this inner fighting and I guess he kind of tears down his guys a lot. Um, yeah, he reportedly told Tua that he wanted Herbert. Which is not what you tell your starting quarterback. No. And if that was true, what kind of head coach are you if you're not willing to put your foot down and say, we're making the wrong decision, I don't want him? You know? Right. <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to all this. A ton yeah. of layers. And, uh, you know, who knows what's true? We don't know what happens behind closed doors. Anybody could have just made up that, you know, that that report. Anybody could have just made it up, but mm. yeah, yeah, not good. But I, you know, resetting a head coach is one of the most dangerous things to, to do in the middle of a rebuild. You have a guy who could possibly be your your guy. All right, I know the jury's still out on Tua for a lot of people. I think he can be quality. All right? I think they need to get a little bit more help, a little bit more weapons. You started to see him break out with Jalen Waddle towards the end of the year. But I feel like there's so much more that Miami could do. You know, looking back, they had all these, these draft picks and, um, you know, just so much draft capital, so much salary cap space. And retrospectively, Retrospectively, I don't know if they did enough. All right. You're right. They didn't address it as earnestly as I think they should have. Going, getting, I'll say cute, but maybe that's not fair, but I don't know how else to say. Trading those draft picks um, to move up just a few spots in last year's draft was a big head scratcher for a lot of people because there was nothing that had that Tua had shown you that he was ready to make that leap this year. So why not keep drafting things to help make his job easier instead of trading away those picks for just one piece? And that one piece is good. You know what I mean? They're not Jalen Waddle's a good player, so this it's fine that he's that ends up being the selection out of it. But the problem is, is the rebuild hit a hit a weird bump that didn't need to happen, and now they're now they're all kind of chasing their tails a little bit because now they're going to probably have to start thinking like, oh, is our quarterback going to be good enough? How good do we have to make this team around him to make him good enough? Right. Um, how good does how good does our defense have to be in order to do this? So, as far as that goes, I mean, just draft wise, they traded. So we've been going in draft order, and we've been using Tankathon.com. Shout out! And the fifteenth pick is currently held by the Philadelphia Eagles. That was Miami's pick. Uh, but they do have a first-round pick at pick 30 with the trade with San Francisco so they could have Trey Lance. Right. So not horrible. You have a first, a second, a third, a, a two-fourths, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. A very normal draft with the additional uh, two fourth-round picks. Now, I don't know what kind of ramifications they have as far as if – one of their co- the coordinators gets hired because sometimes you can earn a compensatory pick 
if you have a minority uh, coordinator get hired, like the Bills are looking at if Frazier were to get hired, they would get a third-round pick. So this year looks to be like a very standard draft, but they're picking way late, and they're going to have to be patient, and they don't have any reason to move up, and there won't be a quarterback we're taking, and they're probably the fans aren't going to be happy. No, how about that? They're not going to be happy. It's whoever they end up picking. It's not going to be the same as if they would have had multiple first round picks and had, you know, the the coach still in place and everything would make sense then. But none of this makes sense. I don't know what the GM's going to do with these picks. He's he's been all over the place as far as where he's addressed. Now they do have a good foundation and defense still. So I wouldn't say that they're one of those teams that will take a cornerback. I think that the dolphins will end up just going offensive heavy and probably snag the best interior offensive lineman available. You know what I mean? They just anything to keep two on his feet, anything to help the run game. Cause the run game was so bad this year. Agreed. I mean, I, I think last year, not that not 2021, but 2020, yeah, uh, there are people we were mocking. I think Tristan Wirfs to Miami because they needed offensive yeah. line help, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's going to be their biggest focus. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's got to be in the trenches this year for them. Maybe another wide receiver. All right, yeah. Devonte. Oh God, Parker. Parker. I almost said Parks. Uh, Devonte Parker. You know he's not a he's he's not that dude. He's he's no. talented, but. What's our favorite saying here? The best ability is availability. That's right. And he is always hurt. That's right. Miami fans have very much soured at him. And yet, you know, some of these other pieces outside of Jalen Waddell, you got Albert Wilson, who's a training camp superstar, you know, and Yakisiki, who, too, it doesn't seem to really like using all that much. Some. Depending, there's been a lot of games where he's not getting like any targets, or he's getting one target. So, yeah, he, wide receiver, I think, is of utmost urgency. I think the defense, there's, there's, there's something there, but urgent wise, in the trenches, wide yeah. receiver. Yeah, I always have to preface anytime talking about the Dolphins that I, I have a bad view of them because I see them apparently when they're at their worst. Yeah. <laughs> Because I normally only watch them when they're playing my Bills. That's normally the only time I end up watching the Dolphins. Uh, Your Colts are next. uh, But technically, they don't own that pick. It is owned by Philadelphia with back-to-back picks right now. Um, That's phenomenal. Yeah, good for for Philly. (laughs) I just just can't believe that they ended up back-to-back like that. Silly. Um, So no first-round pick. Nope. Um, no changes at offensive coordinator, no changes at defensive coordinator, no changes at head coach as of right now. As of right now, I think the head coach and OC are fine. I honestly think that Iberflus might get a head coaching job, and that's okay. why he's got a couple second interviews. So okay. I'm personally hoping that Iberflus goes. The defense, you know, it's stat wise, it's it's not a bad defense, but when things mattered most, it didn't really perform to the level you wanted it to. Right. And there's a whole combination of issues, whether it be depth, whether it be uh, just scheming. It's just it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. The, um, they've been excellent at drafting in the second day. Phenomenal drafting in the second day. Uh, who did you guys take with your first pick last year? Uh, Quiddy Pay. Yes, it was Quiddy. Yep, twenty-first yep. overall pick. Um, being our beloved Colts fan, for forged, forged on. What is it? Colts forged. Colts forged. <laughs> I, sorry, I just had to picture that that meme I made of you. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it says on his chest. Colts Forge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's the slogan. How how was Quiddy Pay this year? He's all right. He had some big okay. moments, but um, definitely some definitely some growth that needs to occur. Okay. Well, uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the second round uh, if they address the trenches. Um on defense to because I always say you need to keep emphasizing what you're good at and you need to emphasize what you're going to be needed to adjust. So the defense, what they've always done so well is create organic pressure. The Colts are good at not having to blitz a lot. They're not good at having to uh, put their team in a, a scenario where they've got Lots of opportunities. I'm saying they have lots of instances where the team can um, afford to be heavier on a one side or the other. They need to get more base. Is I guess what I'm saying. They need to get they need to get back to being able to play better at nickel. They need to get that's what out of outside observer. Um. So, man, I was just saying that, that I think that they need to get as good as they can at playing in the, their nickel base um, without having to rely on bringing in extra cornerbacks. So that's why it wouldn't surprise me in the second round if they went D-line again. Like, you got yeah. Buckner. Yeah, Buckner. He's, a stud. he's not bad. You got Quiddy. You got that Dale Odeangbo who's came back, came back pretty early. There's a couple, uh, you know, a couple guys who could be free agents this year that they could resign. Um, on the defensive front, my there's so many concerns, and like one thing that like watching that Bills Chiefs game, I could not believe how far behind that the Colts are on every every single basis of what it, what it means to take the next step and. I mean, defensive line is not bad, but they're not getting they're not getting enough quarterback pressure, right? And that puts extra strain on the secondary, and the secondary is right. not good because you have Xavier Rhodes out there limping around. Um, you know, I just the, the cornerback play isn't good. The Colts are just they're really not that good. <laughs> they're really not that good. I'm sorry. I like think legitimately thinking about it. They didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of of competing with the best teams of the AFC. They don't. I don't care how many Pro Bowls you got. I don't care how many times you know Pro Bowlers you got. I don't care how many people you begged on Twitter to vote for you. This team is not foundationally good, and there's a lot of areas that they can go in in this draft that you know would make sense. Mm-hmm. Honestly, their left tackle position is a mess. All right, Eric Fisher. 
terrible, yeah. terrible signing. Um, you know, Quentin Nelson was starting to the offensive line was starting to slack at the end. We are there's obviously issues with quarterback, All right, cornerback bad, wide receiver. Michael Pittman is got a thousand yards. Nobody else on the Colts got over four hundred yards rece- receiving this year. Yeah, nobody. No Jack Doyle. Yeah, tight end. There's another position. Uh, there's a lot, and the Colts cannot continue to be a Jonathan Taylor dependent team solely. That's how you end up like the Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot of areas, but I really don't think you can go wrong in this draft. They do hit on on day two stuff, but I do not think that there's uh, they can, they can miss player wise, but I don't think you can miss position wise. I'm with you. Uh, so I'm just going to look into the second round here and try and pick out what's the most coltsiest cult move we could see because of who their GM is and who they and how they like to play. Um, I think, oh, man. Okay. David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue. Yeah, a lot of people have been um, have been mocking him uh, yeah. to to the Colts. I have, yeah, I I have seen that that name a few times. Six two two oh five, uh, a decent contest catch guy, pretty good after the run guy, and just, he probably falls in line. You know what I mean? If if the the boards fall relatively the same. He's probably there-ish, you know, because you guys will be picking. Oh, where they got you at right now? I think I saw 50th. I think you're picking 50th. Yeah. In the second round. That sounds about right. Yeah. 47th. 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 Yep. So, it, I mean, yeah, the day, day two wide receivers hit all the time. Robert Woods, day two pick. Cooper Cup, day two pick. Like, these guys hit all the time because of what they're able to do at the college level and what the pros now ask them to do now. Like when you move up from being a wide receiver in college, <coughs> excuse me, to moving up into the pros, I mean, you were already showed in, if you watch the video portion of this, is the Jamar Chase screen. You know what I mean? Those plays exist in college and. It's a way to get guys to, to the balls in their hands, you know, when they're young. So I could totally see that. A tight end is tricky, though, man. Well, they just drafted that Kylan Granson last year, and eh. Yeah. You know, like maybe they say that tight ends take a couple years to get really invested. It mm-hmm. takes a couple years. I get that. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I had a name for you. Uh, it's the first time we've talked about this guy for sure. Uh, Jalen Weidermeyer. Maybe it's Weidermeyer because he's he's uh, played in Texas A and M. He's from Texas, so he's probably German. Uh, <laughs> he's six five, two fifty five. The guy's an athletic freak, though. He's going to test off the charts. Not Kyle Pitts, freaky. Because he's more your traditional tight end. 
he's he's built more like an inline blocker than opposed to just a straight up wide receiver. You just throw call a tight end. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I att- address the attack, the pass attack. Yeah, uh, you know, affect the pass on defense, right? Pass rush, pass coverage, and then create uh, in the pass game on offense. That's the keys to winning in the NFL right now. I agree, and uh, unfortunately, I think we're gonna running. We're going to run it back with Carson Wentz. None of this matters until you get a guy who can consistently pass. I'm sorry. If the Colts want to be even a, a, a contender this year, they got to move on from Wentz and go get one of these trade block quarterbacks or something like that. Go go some kind of blockbuster deal. If you really want to put the pre- the heat on um, Wentz and tell them, tell him like straight up, like you're not just going to be handed this. Like you're going to have to go earn it and prove that you're better than these guys. You got to bring either a Mitchell Trubisky in, or my favorite guy that I've been saying is try and acquire Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I do like the I do like Huntley a lot. I really do, and I'm fine with the Mitch Trubisky. There's a couple other free free agent guys that I'm you know looking at, but it's like you know this all chips in mentality, right? I think Devontae Adams is up for free agency this year or something. Yeah, something, something like that. I th- there's. You know, you can throw all the quotes you want out there. You can throw all the quotes you want. It don't matter until you do something. Yeah. And Carson's just not the guy. It's 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 true. You're going to have to make him work for it. Uh, you got to have a rookie fourth-round draft, fourth or fifth-round draft pick, maybe sixth, was the backup quarterback this year in Sam Ellinger, who I like, but high upside, you know, he's no, he's no Tom Brady at least we don't we don't think so, but yeah, I just I I, I don't know. I, I you, they can bandage, they can draft well, they can draft the right wide receiver, they can draft the right offensive pieces, but it's not gonna it's it's all gonna be for naught unless they get that quarterback position right. So, amen. So the yeah the Colts are gonna have to make some kind of splash move if they want to do something this year. Sorry, Carson's not the guy, not the guy. But um. But all right, everybody. I think that is it. I think. Much quicker yeah. episode than last week. Much quicker. Doesn't feel like it, but we. It's a much quicker episode. Yeah. Last last week was it was weird. Like we, I was having so much fun trying to rank these guys. And oh, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I need to adjust my rankings. Uh, how in the world do I not have my boy Josh Allen number one? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> of course, naturally. Um, yeah, you can you can retcon that one. Uh, Eight hundred he... yards, seventy eight completion percentage, nine touchdowns in two playoff games. Let's go. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. But all right, everybody, that is a wrap for this episode. Another film room. We are back next week. Uh, probably going to be looking at some of the conference championship games. Maybe some other stuff. Once we hit March, we're going to start getting heavy into the draft stuff, I, I feel. So in between now and then, it's just going to be myself and Brian just kind of going back and forth, picking out some players that we really like, some cool plays, breaking it down, just getting our vocabularies uh, and whatnot under, you know, just uh, primed and ready. 
and we're going to go all in on draft season once that that gets underway. Once we have an idea what you know what the draft boards are looking like, you know a full idea of who's committed to this this upcoming draft, then we're going to start going draft heavy, and mm. uh, it's going to be a ton of fun taking a look at who you know who's looking good, who looks NFL ready, and who's maybe a little overrated. Uh, thank you so much, and on behalf of Brian and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Three, nine, three, nine, three, nine, three, nine, three, three. Yeah, spot.